Fangraphs Audio. I'm Carson Sestouli. Uh, as we have now for a couple weeks, we bring in David Lorla to the podcast. Of course, Mr. Lorla, Mr. Lorla, Senor Lorla, is responsible for the excellent Q&A series uh, that appears at Fangraphs a couple times, three times per week. Uh, he asks excellent questions and gets uh, creative responses from a group of people, uh, baseball players, who are not necessarily famous for that. David Lorla, are you there? I am definitely here, Carson. Good. On a, ra- on a rainy day in New England. A rainy day in New England, uh, uh, notable because the audio which is to follow, which is your interview with left-handed relief pitcher Brian Fuentes, um, also occurred on a rainy day in New England, specifically at Fenway Park. Well, we've had a lot of those here, Carson. I just talked to Brian when when the A's were just in Fenway. So, so yes. But before we talk about Fuentes, let's talk about left-handed relievers because Brian Fuentes is one of those under-the-radar guys. He's been an All-Star, I think, four times. But people think hear Brian Fuentes and they think, well, okay, he's a guy. Um, they probably, when they equate him to lefty relievers, think Eddie everyday Eddie Guardado, I think is a good comp, but uh, Fuentes got his 200 save last night, and he's one, now one of only six left-handed relievers in history to do that, and I think that's that's quite remarkable. Franco is one, of course, Wagner, Randy Myers, Rigetti, and Sparky Lyle are above him, so, you know, Brian Fuentes is, is pretty good. Well, I think that maybe... Um I'll submit that, that perhaps some of his legacy or some of the, especially how a, a saber-minded fan might think of Brian Fuentes is that uh, some of his, I think saber-minded fans generally are skeptical of the save statistic. I don't think that's that's a, um, anything new to say that. And that Brian Fuentes came from a place, he, he was uh, very effective early on his career, but perhaps um, the, the Brian Fuentes that a lot of saber-minded fans remember is the one of, the last couple of years, who was given save opportunities, but maybe was not as effective as um, as he had been for many years earlier in his career. Well, sure, he had a 48 save season with the Angels. You know, that was his heyday. I know he had some great years with Colorado before that, pitched in the, the 2007 World Series. But the saber-minded people who are going to smartly look beyond the saves can look at some other stats, and I don't know his war and a lot of these off the top of my head, but I know his career uh, strikeout rate is over one batter per inning. You know, his ERA and ERA plus are pretty good. It's, you know, it's more than the saves, but a a bit of irony in in saying that is when I first interviewed Fuentes a couple years ago in print, I asked him, why are you a reliever and not a starter? And his answer was, well, because I wasn't good enough to be a starter. And he was dead honest. He said he just could not consistently repeat his stuff in multiple innings. So he had to settle for being a reliever. And now one of, well, he, you know, he's probably, Carson, not one of the six best left-handed relievers ever, um, I guess, now that I think about it. Guys like John Hiller and Ron Peronoski and Tug McGraw and guys like that who pitched before the save was what it is today were certainly better. Um, I know Hiller, for instance, in a few of his 30 save seasons with the Tigers, um, won, see, he won 17 games one year, I'm pretty sure, was the, is the major league record for, for wins by, by a reliever. 
you know, that's back when uh, when relievers were men rather than uh, one-inning animals. <laughs> Tom um, Bergmeier, while I'm on my little rat here, uh, had a 20-save 20, 20 season for the Red Sox once, and I know that he had three relief outings in his career where he pitched eight-plus innings. Right, and if we could say, but if if you want to say, um, if you want to speak to something that's that's interesting about Brian Fuentes, um, it's that he's probably done a lot more with his stuff than you might imagine. His fastball has never um, averaged much more uh, than 90 miles per hour, um, even even at short ending stints, and and yet he's consistently, as you mentioned, he's consistently had excellent strikeout rates. And uh, I would also say to um, to his credit, he's one of the pitchers, the left-handed pitchers, who's sort of been able to break out of the you know the, the left-handed mold, which would be you know maybe a loogie position or at least late inning guy, but um, received the trust of his managers to the degree that um, they felt comfortable installing him in the closer role. Sure, and not great velocity, but probably sneaky fast with great location. I'll bring up John Hiller again, who I had a chance to talk to a few years ago. Um, Hiller did not have a great fastball, but he was a fastball pitcher. He threw a lot of fastballs. He had a great changeup. But he told me that uh, you can close in baseball without great stuff, and that's been, been proven a lot. It's not sexy to close without great stuff, but you look at some of the guys who have done it, it, it happens. Um, one of the things that a listener will um, not be able to avoid learning in, in from this next uh, audio clip we're about to hear is that Brian Fuentes is, is both articulate and thoughtful, and you challenge him uh, to that degree. You uh, Instead of asking him questions, you ask him to respond to uh, various quotations by a certain um, infamous-slash-famous French emperor. That was fun, Carson. Um, I warned Brian when he agreed to do the podcast that I'd throw him some curveballs, and he said, that sounds fun. So um, Brian Fuentes, as listeners will soon hear, um, got quotes about uh, Napoleon Bonaparte, and uh, he didn't bat an eyelash. He just rattled off some some pretty fun answers. Yeah, and uh, um, he concludes, uh, or I should say I'll conclude uh, this introduction, um, in the same way that Fuentes uh, concluded your interview with him, which is to say, David Lorela, um, you ask fun questions. And I hope the listeners uh, um, have fun with this as well. It is not hard baseball, so people expecting to hear about uh, advanced metrics, uh, they'll, they'll be disappointed, Carson. Yeah, well, I'm sure that uh, they're disappointed um, in, in a number of ways, and this will just this will only add to it, as opposed to to be the defining moment. Uh, but that is uh, <laughs> this has been uh, David Lorela, and then what's to follow now is uh, David Lorela's interview in a very rainy Fenway Park. Welcome to an in the clubhouse segment of Fangraphs Audio. I am David Lorela. I am in rainy Fenway Park with A's left-hander Brian Fuentes. It's always great to catch up with Brian when he's in Fenway. Um, I first met Brian a few years ago and uh, quickly picked up on the fact that he's one of the more cerebral players in the game. He's also one of the more humble, so he may not uh, 
readily agree, but are you ready to have your brain challenged a little bit, Brian? Um, as ready as I'm going to get. <laughs> We're going a little bit uh, different today. Uh, what I should have called this was a French Emperor segment of Fangraphs Audio because I'm going to read Brian some Napoleon Bonaparte quotes, and he is going to tell me how they might apply to the game of baseball in many instances about to pitching. Uh, the first, Brian, is ability is nothing without opportunity. I 100% agree. I 100% agree. There's a lot of I've seen a lot of good players um, have a lot of talent and, and be stuck in a situation to where uh, they might not have the opportunity to play every day. And not to say that it never happens, but it, sometimes it can take a guy two or three years until that spot becomes vacant or they end up with another organization and they're given an everyday opportunity and they end up being phenomenal players. The second quote is, this one's a little longer, take time to deliberate, but when the time for action has arrived, stop thinking and go in. Uh, another one that, that uh, fits very well also. Um, uh, you know, you practice, 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 and, and, and you know, you want it to become repetition, so... Uh, you know, you deliberate all you want, you know, whether it be, you know, second-guessing pitches or your mechanics or what have you, but you know, the best players in the games tend to be uh, reaction, you know, oriented as far as just you, you become, you know, what you, what you practice. So that's, that's pretty much it. The third one, Brian, is he who fears being conquered is sure of defeat. Um, I don't know if I totally agree with that one. Um, you know, I think that, you know, even for me, I, I guess I can only speak for myself, but sometimes there's, that's, that's what makes me really good is, is the, you know, there's a, there's a fear in the back of my mind that, you know, I don't want to let my, my teammates down when I go out and, and I perform. And, um, I use that fear to drive me more so than to hinder me. I'm not scared of, of let's say, the outcome, but I'm more uh, scared of, of what... Uh, of ruining what's already been done, you know, and, 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 and losing that, that, that lead or, or holding the lead. Napoleon apparently also said, the battlefield is a scene of constant chaos. The winner will be the one who controls that chaos, both his own and the enemy's. For sure, for sure. That's, that could be related to baseball. Um, yeah, those are, I would I would relate that probably to the big innings. You know, you always try to keep the big innings down, and, and on the flip side of that, the offensive sides try to have the big innings. And uh, you hear a lot of a lot of people say when the game starts getting going too fast for guys, um, especially when you're young and you first get up, um, it, it, it can seem like a, a more chaos and controlled chaos when you're out there and, and you're getting beat up a little bit. And sometimes you got to take the, take the time to step off and, and regroup yourself and and slow those moments down to where, on the flip side of that, offensively you want to you want to put as much pressure on the other team that that uh, you're running on them, you're hitting and running on them, you know, you're, you're bunting on them, and and, and when things are uh, getting a little sideways, you want to keep that pressure on them. And here is one of my favorites: never interrupt your enemy when he is making a mistake. Um, yeah, I, that that could relate a little bit, maybe. Um, what comes to, to mind for me, Brian, is that hitters often are said to get themselves out. Yeah, uh, I, I would, I would more say that you know I'm going to stick to my game plan and and you know like a lot of times people say, man, you you did uh, you know you really 
do a nice pitch and struck, struck that guy out or struck me out or whatever. And I'm saying, I didn't strike you out. You struck yourself out. You know, I, I already knew what I was going to do. And I knew, you know, it was already predetermined what my pitch was going to be. And I just threw it. You missed it. That's not my fault. You know, so it's like, you know, you, you kind of let them, let them hang themselves, I guess. Okay, once again, I'm here with Brian Fuentes, veteran pitcher. Brian Fuentes is the lead-in for for the next question. One must change one's tactics every 10 years if one wishes to maintain one's superiority. That'd be more than 10 years, but I guess in relation, I might go uh, inning to inning or, or outing to outing. Uh, you could be strong at a lot of things and have your strengths, but especially in this game, at this level, people will make adjustments. People watch film. They have pie charts and graphs and grids and vectors and you know all these things that will tell you they probably know more about you than you know yourself and and so uh, you know you have to make adjustments when when they do. With that in mind, the next is you must not fight often with one enemy, or you will teach him all your art of war. Yeah, that's very true. That's very true. You pay teams. Um, in spring training or, or in your own division, it seems like you play them every other day. And there's even been instances where, where teams will not throw their their starting pitcher because they're going to be facing them a lot during the season. And so they'll hold them back. I'm throwing a minor league game or something just so you don't uh, get overexposed to that guy. Not so much relief pitchers because they're just coming in for one inning. And uh, the chances of someone figuring it out in that amount of time is, is pretty slim. But um, there's definitely some truth to that. Napoleon apparently also said, and I may be a little skeptical on this because Napoleon, I think, predates newspapers, but according to the Internet, Napoleon once said four hostile newspapers are more to be feared than a thousand bayonets. That, that can, uh, the pen is very powerful, I will agree with that. Um, there can be uh, persuasive things installed in things, people's minds, and, and they tend to believe I guess it comes from early childhood. You, you believe what you read in books and, and, and newspapers. It's called news. You know, it's not. Uh, I guess it's not called factual paper. It's, you know, it's newspapers. What it's one person's opinion, or there's some a lot of truths in newspapers. But um, yeah, there can be uh, there can be a lot of uh, people swayed by by what's written about somebody. Okay, and one more Napoleon Bonaparte quote for uh, Brian Fuentes. Glory is fleeting, but obscurity is forever. <laughs> I like that one the best. <laughs> um, I mean, that's that's so true. It's so true. I mean, this game has moved on through a lot of a lot of people before me and a lot of people after me. So um, uh, you try to leave your mark and, and, and be known as you know. For me, I've always been a guy that uh, not so much my opponents. I'm worried about so much about what my opponents think, but more of my teammates. You know, if, if ten years from now, someone I meet, someone comes up and says, "Yeah, you ever play with Brian?" And, yeah, I play with him. He's a good guy. You know, that's what I want. You know, or if I see a guy, a teammate, you know, ten years from now, you know, I want to come up and give him shake, give him shake his hand and give him a big hug. You know, that, yeah, that's that's the type of person I want to be known as because it only lasts. You know, your playing career only lasts for so long. It's really about the mark the mark you make upon other people. I think. Brian, as always, it was great to talk to you. Yeah, you too. I had a good time. I like the questions.